Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Chat, where your favorite gamers' hosts discuss some of their favorite shared experiences in the medium. I'm Alexander Kazina, gamers' main writer, and I'm joined today by gamers' second writer, Brianna Reeves. And today, we are going to be discussing The Last of Us, part one. Before we get started, Brianna, this is your first appearance here on Game Chat. Uh, people on the Prime Gamers channel have already been able to enjoy your content in the form of videos like the rise and fall of L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir. And some more videos that are going to be coming up soon in the future. But by and large, I feel like most people don't really know who you are. So what is the Brianna Reeves starter kit? What would you say kind of about yourself that best describes who you are and why people should care about you? Um, I'm a freelance writer regularly. That's kind of what I do. And I tutor on the site sometimes. Um, I write for PlayStation Lifestyle. I'm the uh, staff news writer there. And I just started working with you all uh, earlier this year in March. Um, so my first script was L.A. Noir. I've been working on more stuff recently that's really exciting. Um, in 2018, I graduated with my master's degree in English literature. I don't know how that's going to work out for me just yet. I'm still figuring it out, but um, no complaints so far. Cool, cool. Uh, overall, I'm really, really impressed with your work on the channel thus far, and I'm really excited to kind of see the fruits of your work uh, in the future. You have some really, really exciting stuff prepared, and I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. No problem. Today, though, uh, we're going to be discussing The Last of Us, and... It's really interesting that we're discussing it right here and right now, because on the day that we are recording this, we are currently living in the last day in which The Last of Us stands by itself. Tomorrow, The Last of Us Part 2 is releasing, and forever the world will be changed. So in addition to this being kind of a retrospective on the game, this will also be, I would say, a retrospective of a period of time where, as I said earlier, The Last of Us sort of stood on its own and where no other game existed but the one. Well, the one, and of course, Left Behind, which was the expansion that released shortly after its release. So I want to start off by asking, did you happen to have any prior experience with any other Naughty Dog games before heading into The Last of Us? Yeah, I played the original Crash Bandicoot back on the PS1 when that property still belonged to Sony. Um, I didn't really right. like them that much. I was, you know, I guess, a casual fan. And then I got into the Uncharted series, I think in 2010, after they had announced Uncharted 3. And I hmm. toyed around with Jack and Daxter a little bit, but I wasn't really a fan of it either. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, so I would say my big Naughty Dog game from my childhood was Jack 1. I actually got a copy of that game from a former friend who was a gamer himself, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that game. I know that in the eyes of a lot of you know fans of Naughty Dog, Jack 1 is looked upon as being sort of the weakest of that trilogy. It's looked upon as being you know the most shallow and kid-friendly, which I don't entirely disagree with, but I feel like it has a whimsical nature, and in some ways, possibly, and I know that people are going to be upset by me saying this, I feel like it almost manages to out- Mario 64, Mario 64. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's... I, I know you don't have much love there. I think it, it manages to do a lot of what Mario 64 did, I think, really well and with a little bit more polish, but 
obviously no disrespect towards Mario 64, obviously. Um, so uh, after that, I actually got into the Uncharted games in a very similar fashion as you. I think after the announcement of Uncharted 3, I kind of came to the realization that this was a series that I couldn't sleep on. And so I got into Uncharted 1, which is a game that still to this day, I have a lot of affection for, uh, even though a lot of people look on it disdainfully. Uh, after that, I got into Uncharted 2, which I think is the best of the series, not a super unpopular opinion there. Uncharted 3, I enjoyed a fair bit, but not as much as 2. Uh, however, by the time of Uncharted 3's release, many uh, had already been introduced to the fact that after Uncharted, Naughty Dog was going to be taking a break from Nathan Drake's swashbuckling adventures and heading into the post-apocalyptic realm of The Last of Us. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing when Naughty Dog announced The Last of Us? Yeah, I was watching the Spike TV VGAs when they were responsible for that show. Uh, I think that's yeah. where it was announced. And I remember, I think there had been like hints that Sony was working on a, on a zombie game. And yeah. then they announced it there. And I remember being surprised when the Naughty Dog logo shot, popped up at the end of that trailer. Because I don't think anyone really expected that. If I recall correctly, Naughty Dog had announced The Last of Us in some capacity beforehand. Like, I believe that they had teased the title of the game. And also, there was a very, very small Easter egg in the beginning of Uncharted 3 that basically hinted at The Last of Us. There was some sort of poster in the game that said, you know, some sort of weird viral infection is going about. Um, so, yeah. Going into The Last of Us, I kind of knew from experience that there was no way it was not going to be a great game given uh, Naughty Dog's legacy. But I will admit that I did have some apprehensions, namely on the fact that, you know, the zombie genre, even back in 2011, 2012, 2013, was kind of a played out genre. I don't know. What about you? Where were you kind of going into The Last of Us? Were you incredibly hyped or were you kind of ambivalent? I was excited either way. I was looking forward to another Naughty Dog game. I honestly didn't expect to finish it because I'm not really a horror game fan, um, but I purchased it anyway. And in terms of, you know, the zombie phase, uh, I don't think it had really struck me yet. I don't, the Walking Dead wasn't out. Was it out yet? I don't remember. It. I, I mean, it existed in comic form. Yeah, but and the I TV believe show came out maybe, around that time. I, I, f I definitely feel like the TV show was in its early stages, and I feel like somebody can correct me if, if I'm wrong in the chat, but I'm pretty certain that the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead had also fully been released by the yeah, time of yeah. The Last of Us's launch. Yeah. So, I mean, zombie stuff was here and there, but from, from your perspective, it wasn't like the fact that zombie stuff was prevalent wasn't that much of a deal breaker. No, it wasn't. Okay. And I think the general premise, like them kind of, you know, subverting the idea of what zombies are using a real world fungus kind of made it even more interesting and set it apart from the rest of the pack. Right. You know, Neil, uh, Bruce Fraley and Neil Druckmann were uh, very focused during the development of The Last of Us of making their post-apocalyptic drama feel authentic and real so as to kind of further deepen players' immersion in the experience and actually believe in what was happening. And them making the 
zombie virus something that has its roots in real life like that zombie actually does infect ants and effectively zombify them in real life i, I think that was definitely a master stroke so um let's get into the last of us proper the game finally comes out in the middle of 2013 around this time actually and i did not play it at first in fact i actually waited a good year and a half until the PlayStation 4 version of the game had released and was slightly discounted out in the stores before I actually picked it up myself. So I played it in the when it was released on the PlayStation 4. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I didn't absolutely love it. I, I kind of came from it being like, I, I really appreciate what Naughty Dog is doing here, but I don't have like a personal incredible attachment to this game in the way that I feel like a lot of other people do. It was only until I recently played through the game a second time. Um, so for the production of our last of this video on the gamers channel, uh, Eilert asked if I could record footage of the PlayStation 3 version of the game because my current setup allows me to more easily record console footage at a very, very high quality. And I basically played through the entire game to record footage from it. And I definitely, I went from enjoying and appreciating what Naughty Dog was trying to do to loving the game a lot more on my second go around. And I'm, as a result, really, really happy that I got this second go around. What about you? Were you in love with The Last of Us when you first played it? And did you also play it when it first came out? Or did you kind of wait a bit like me? Yeah, I played it at launch. Um... I enjoyed it from the from the start. I think my main hang-up was the ending, you know? I think Naughty Dog at that time kind of had a reputation for kind of weak endings, I guess, in certain in a certain way. And I kind of mm -hmm. felt like that passed over into The Last of Us. It wasn't until listening to interviews and reading interviews and other people talk about the game in general that I had a greater appreciation for how it ended. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I feel like I've never really thought of The Last of Us's ending in the context of like the endings of Uncharted 1, 2 and 3. You're not wrong that the endings of those games, they vary. Like usually whatever kind of treasure Nathan Drake was in pursuit of, he has to basically give up and abandon right. and he has to fight some obnoxious final boss that feels at odds with the rest <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Like Lazarevich and Uncharted 2. Uh, personally, I actually really enjoyed the ending of The Last of Us when uh, it first happened for me. I thought, oh, wow, this is a like I feel like video games tend to be a little bit bad when it comes to uh, conveying ambiguity. And I really appreciate the kind of level of ambiguity of The Last of Us's ending. And I was really kind of special over the years after the fact going over and kind of reading what other people thought did Ellie's the last word Ellie's last word okay did it signify that she knew what was going on fully and was just accepting things as they were did it signify that she didn't know what was going on and was just sort of blindly accepting Joel's rendition of events mm -hmm. I'm curious what you thought Ellie's last words meant I've always thought that it meant that she knew um, there are certain I think hints throughout the core game itself that kind of build up towards that particular ending and that line for her, where, you know, she's talking to uh, Sam at one point, and he asks her what she's afraid of, and she says that she's afraid of being alone. So I think that's kind of, like, 
those kind of conversations are set up for her just accepting it because she doesn't where else would she go if she didn't have Joel at the end? Yeah, there is that. And there is also the fact that Ellie, you know, repeatedly throughout the game also shows that she knows more about what's going on than a lot of people tend to give her credit. Like, for example, the confrontation that she has with Joel in the like old, I I assuming like Victorian era house where she talks about Joel's daughter. Uh And I mean, you know, that information was technically directly conveyed to her. It's not like she went full Metal Gear Solid and found this information out covertly. But she is like, I I think that scene was there to kind of demonstrate that she is a little bit more savvy to kind of what's going on in other people's minds. And I think that, yeah, within that context, I think Ellie definitely understood that like Joel isn't being totally honest here, but I'm, I'm fine with this, at least for the time being. Again, The Last of Us Part 2, not yet released. We don't personally know <laughs> how much her opinion changes there. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, though, you know, I think we're both in agreement that the story narrative writing of The Last of Us uh, was a highlight for both of us. And even mm-hmm. in its moments where it was, you know, a little bit weaker, we've come to kind of appreciate it more over time. Um when people talk about The Last of Us, however, they tend to be a little bit more disdainful towards the mechanics and combat of the game. I f- feel like the common refrain that I hear online is, yeah, you know, I-, I played The Last of Us for the story and the combat was just kind of there. Where do you come down on that stuff? Did you enjoy the feel of combat or did you like not particularly care? I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I think I like that the shooting was a little less accurate because Joe is a, a character who probably would be very proficient the way you would expect a, like a Sam Fisher or something. Um, and I really yeah. I really appreciate the survival mechanics. I really like that. And, you know, you explore a certain area, you're picking up things, you're crafting. It reminded me a lot of Bioshock in that way. I like exploring those games like that. In terms of, like, fighting characters, you know, the enemies and the clickers and whatnot themselves... It felt weak at times because it always seemed as though every time you encountered a human, you were just encountering humans. Whenever you encountered the infected, you were just encountering the infected. And that was kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I guess fixed with the Left Behind DLC. But that always, it it was just really strange to me. um, I'm reminded a little bit uh, by the sequence towards the end of Uncharted 1. Uh, Spoilers for the end of Uncharted 1, where... The weird, like, zombie vampire creatures towards the end of that game become intermingled with a lot of the human encounters. Right. And, like, I appreciated how you both had to kind of, like, accommodate for both types of enemies there. Mm-hmm. At once, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's... I mean, it's difficult, because, like, I feel like if The Last of Us had had more combat encounters where you were dealing with, you know, both types of enemies at once, you know, the way that clickers work in The Last of Us... Generally, when you're facing off against them, humans are going to gang up and try and face them all in solidarity. Like there isn't like a like it wouldn't really make sense in the universe of The Last of Us for there to be a lot of three way fights, which is what was happening in Uncharted 1. Right. Um, Even though, you know, we didn't get those sorts of fights in The Last of Us all that often, though, I did really love the design of the clickers. I felt like Naughty Dog came up with a really really kind of original take on the zombie uh in terms of their design Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, even, you know, going back and playing it on the PlayStation 3 where they don't admittedly look as good as they did on the PlayStation 4, I was just really fond of, again, their visual design and also their audio design, particularly with their use of echolocation to get around. Like, uh, where where do you kind of come down on the clickers? Are you a fan of them or a little too creepy? Yeah, I like their design overall. Um, it, it was very inventive, and I like that you can tell they're not all the same either. Like, there are some that appear to be men. There are some that appear to be women. They're dressed differently. Um, and then, the, of course, the way they look in the face was very surprisingly detailed for the time. You know, you they, yeah. you can see, like, I guess drool or whatever coming out of their mouth sometimes. It's kind of creepy. Um, and then I think that the way that they use sound is very inventive, too, because you don't often... Even now, you don't really often see enemies use sound that way. Oh, yeah. It was... Like, those enemies are really one of a kind, which, again, is saying a lot considering just how prevalent zombie fiction is in the media. And so, yeah, kudos to Naughty Dog for that. Um, To return back to the story and characters of The Last of Us, though... The relationship that Joel and Ellie have with one another is really, you know, well-developed and fleshed out over the course of the story. But it is also this weird thing where the relationship, by the time of The Last of Us's release, was already kind of this weird trope in games where mm-hmm. you had had uh, to go back to The Walking Dead, uh, the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead, where you had uh, Lee and Clementine. You had Bioshock Infinite, which I believe released slightly before The Last of Us. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, which had Booker, yeah, Booker DeWitt and Elizabeth. Um, and of course, in the years since, we've also seen games like God of War, which featured a man, Kratos, and a boy, um, Atreus. But, you know, obviously there are little differences there. Did it, like, playing through the game, were you kind of a immensely apparent of the fact like hmm this is kind of a trope in the making or did you find it novel at the time i think i found it novel at the time um especially the way they interacted with each other in combat you know sometimes she was even on the back of bioshock infinite you know she seemed incredibly helpful in combat sometimes she'd jump on someone's back or she'd throw a brick at someone um and then in terms of their their story relationship too i thought it was something kind of unprecedented in terms of storytelling in games, how well they managed to convey that over time. You know, this love-hate relationship that becomes, you know, just complete, you know, this father and daughter relationship that you kind of admire, you know? Yeah, it their relationship with one another, I think it's key that, you know, they spend a lot of the game really not super amicable towards each other and that, it's only really until later on that they you really get the sense that, yeah, they are father and daughter. Mm-hmm. And by the time that it's happened, it never feels like a like big monumental tr- threshold has been passed. It just sort of happens and you're like, oh, they're father and daughter, what one another. Mm-hmm. On the subject, though, of, you know, thresholds being passed and not expecting certain things, you know, in, in the lead up to The Last of Us, Nijog was very adamant about the fact that, hey, the entire game you're going to be playing as the character of Joel. You're not going to be playing pretty much as anyone else. And so it was a huge surprise when players sort of opened up the game back in the summer of 2013 and discovered not only that the game opens up with you playing as Joel's daughter, 
but that there is a major section later on in the game where you actually play as Ellie during the winter. First off, were you going into the game expecting to be playing as Ellie? And what did you think of that section? No, I didn't expect that at all. Um, I think it came at a great time in a story. In gameplay-wise, you know, in your mind, you're like, okay, I just leveled up all of his gear. You know, now I'm playing this person that doesn't have any of that at all. And I remember being, I guess, worried that he wasn't coming back. But I liked playing it as Ellie. I liked a new perspective. She was far more nimble than he was. Um, so you had to be more creative with how you took on certain enemies. And I think that what she added to the experience overall was kind of, I don't know if that game would, I don't know if I would hold it as dear to me that I do if I, if she hadn't been a playable character. Because that whole section with her when you're walking around and you're exploring the, what is it, like a, a log cabin or something? Like a, a hotel, I guess? Yeah, it's like a, basically like a ski resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that whole section and seeing the world through her eyes, it, it was, I think it was very inventive. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, what I kind of uh, realized my second go around with the game is that after that section of the game, it's pretty much a straight shot to the end of the game. You have a little bit more messing around in the city in the lead up to the final confrontation with the Fireflies. And then, like, after that, you have the final confrontation with the Fireflies, and that's kind of it. And, yeah, I think that... Up until that point, I feel like The Last of Us definitely does have its moments where it stretches out and sort of takes its time to get going. And I feel like like after you take control of Ellie, I feel like the game is almost flawless in terms of its execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, oh, yeah. And to your point, like I appreciate it as well, the little differences of the way that you played as Ellie. As you said, you know, she's a lot more nimble of a character and you have to kind of accommodate for that when you're controlling her. She can't really melee enemies to death in the way that Joel can easily. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep that in mind, even though she is arguably just as good of a marksman. Yeah. To go back to what I was mentioning earlier, Dale, you know, like I said, I think that the winter segment and everything after that is almost flawless in its execution. But that, you know, leading up to it, the game definitely has its moments where it stretches out and is a little bit long. Overall, like, did you find The Last of Us was too long of an experience or just right? I think it was just right. Um, I think the beginning was a little too slow at times when you're with Tess. Um, but then afterwards, af after you get to the section with the... I think it was a museum when you were when you're still with Tess and Ellie. I think it really picks up in terms of action, and the story picks mm. up from there too. Um, I I didn't I honestly I kind of wish it was a little longer the the game itself oh, really? because I just I enjoyed being in that world so much. Um, that was kind of sad when when you're in the hospital and you're like, okay, we're getting to the the final stage here. I kind of wish it would have lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely sympathize with that. There are a lot of games. The Last of Us wasn't one of them, but I can, when I fall in love with the characters of a game, you kind of want to stay with them forever and sort of see how the relationship continues to grow and advance. I mean, personally, I when I played through it the second time around, I had kind of forgotten how long it was. And so I went into it being like, all right, this is going to be like a good 10 hours and I'm going to be in and out of this. And it was a little disheartening to discover, oh, this is actually a fair <laughs> bit decently longer than that. 
Uh, but I got through it in the end. I will say it, it it's longer than I would have liked, but it doesn't go so long that it really becomes that much of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. IMO. Um, I'm quickly curious. So after you beat the game, were you motivated to go through and complete it again on New Game Plus? Or was that like, I can beat the game and I'm perfectly fine where it ended? Um, I, The Last of Us is probably the first game that I remember playing where I beat it and I there was a part of me that honestly never wanted to touch it again. I ended up playing it again on PS4. But, you know, after that one experience, I was pretty much finished with it. I wanted to remember what it was for what it was and kind of have the feel like sitting there and watching some of those moments take place. I never wanted to experience that in any other way, you know. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way about Journey and, and God of War recently, where I just, hmm. it's just one of those games and I'm like, okay, I'm done with it. Yeah, I would say for me, weirdly enough, the the one other game that I kind of felt that way about was the game Catherine, mm-hmm. uh, the game from the Persona team, where I reached the ending in that game. I'm like, all right, I'm really satisfied with the ending I arrived at. I don't feel obliged to kind of play through it again, even though you have to play through a bunch of the other endings if you want to get all of the trophies in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, that like in my case with The Last of Us, while I wasn't motivated to play through it immediately again after I first beat it, I would say that was more just to do with the fact that I didn't, like I said, I appreciated more than I absolutely loved it after my first playthrough. And so I think I was just kind of like, I don't, like, my body's not raging right now to kind of go through and re-experience everything again. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm happy that I got to play through it again, like I said, on the PlayStation 3. Uh, We've talked a lot about the main single player campaign of the last of us but as i said way up at the front of the show there was a neat little expansion to the last of us that was released uh shortly afterwards called the last of us left behind which explores ellie and riley's relationship with one another and serves as a prequel to the events of the last of us did you play it when it first came out and what were your thoughts on it yeah i played it when it I think it came out on Valentine's Day, actually. It was really interesting. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's very, uh, how to say, like, that I makes a lot of sense with regards yeah. to, yeah, yeah, the themes of the game. Um, I I love Riley. I wish we could have gotten more of her. Um, right. And I like the, you know, they had the little gameplay moments where there's a moment where she's playing like a Mortal Kombat kind of, kind of game, the turning um, or she's right. imagining in her head, or they're you know throwing bricks at cars. It was just having having her be a kid for once was really fulfilling as a player that loves that character. It was it was great to see her actually enjoying herself. Yeah, it was really great. Personally, I think I love the uh, photo booth segment of the game the most because uh, at the end of it, you have the option to post your photos to. I think it's Facebook, and <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, the, the the service for the game has uh, ended now, or at least on the PlayStation 3 version, so you're met with an error screen if you try to do that, but I love their genuine reactions of, what the heck is Facebook when you <laughs> are presented with that option? I thought that was a really, like, a neat little, like, fourth wall breaking without actually breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned how you like the character of Riley and that you wish you had seen more of her. Did you happen to read uh, American Dreams, which is the graphic novel uh, set in the Last of Us universe? 
I read the first issue, but never went back to read the rest. And I'm I'm afraid to say that I don't even remember why I didn't go back and read the rest. Uh, but I remember oh. liking what you know the little that I did read. Hmm. Unfortunately, I've not read it, but everything that I've heard about it is, hey, it's more of The Last of Us. It's more of these characters that you like. And of course, mm-hmm. it sets up the character of Riley. So I, I, I've been meaning to get to that at some point, but I'm not much of a comic reader myself. So mm-hmm. I don't really see when I'll do that. Um, One last thing that I kind of want to touch upon before we briefly touch into The Last of Us Part 2 and our hopes and dreams for that, uh, which is... The Last of Us came shipped with a multiplayer mode. Do yeah. you have any experience at all with the multiplayer? I played it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wasn't very good at it, so I kind of gave up rather quickly. I think I played maybe four or five matches one day. Um, it's basically hmm. The Last of Us online, you know? Uh, you have to be yeah. very tactical. It's different than other, you know, you, you could literally sit in a corner. And have a wonderful time, I guess, because you're just waiting for something to happen, and you have to. It's another, it's another experience where sound is very important, you know, because of the listening mode, and you know when everyone's coming together to clash, you know, if you kind of hang back and wait, I guess there are moments that you can really shine. But like I said, I wasn't very good at it, so I gave up on it pretty quickly. What about you? I basically have no experience with it. I saw the, the multiplayer option. I'm like, no, nah, I don't really <laughs> care much about it. Here's the thing, though. At some point in the future, I am going to make a point of going back to the multiplayer mode because I've made it a side project of mine to fully platinum The Last of Us on the PlayStation 4 by the end of the year. And unfortunately, to get the platinum in the game, you have to get a lot of the multiplayer trophies so, yeah, I'm going to have to sit down and grind a little bit if I want to get that. So I think that we've more or less reached the end of our main discussion on The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, as I stated at the front, The Last of Us Part 2 is as imminent as imminence can be. It is releasing tomorrow. Uh, in fact, by the time that you're listening to this episode, it probably might very well already be out. Going into The Last of Us Part 2, what are your kind of like fears and hopes Fears and hopes. Um, I'm kind of dreading the dread. You know, that world's very dark. And of late, I've been trying to stay very upbeat. Um, In terms of hopes, I'm really hoping that we see how Ellie has evolved in the five or so years since we last saw her. Uh, I'm curious to know whether or not she's still that happy-go-lucky kid that tells jokes and reads comics. I'm curious yeah. to see how much she's grown in terms of her combat abilities, and not just for gameplay purposes, but is she more visceral now? Has has the world hardened her? I'm kind of apprehensive about what that means for her, but excited at the same time. Yeah, you mentioned something really significant on in terms of like the dark, grim atmosphere of the world. You know, right now the past few months here in North America and also the rest of the world haven't been exactly the greatest. And, you know, it's a bit of unfortunate circumstance that The Last of Us Part Two is releasing right now. Unlike experiences like, for example, uh, Doom Eternal or um, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which have, you know, served as 
chances for people to kind of like explore their id or just have like a fun, sweet, serene time. The Last of Us Part 2 is kind of forcing us, I feel, in a weird way to face a lot of the demons that are beguiling us right now. And I'm interested to see if people are going to be turned off by the game solely because of the fact that they kind of feel like they're living in a Last of Us-like scenario right now. I don't know. Do you think that that's a little bit too like pessimistic of a outlook on it, or no? I don't think so. I think people generally are able to separate real world from fiction. You know, I think you know there yeah. might be people who, in 2013, when it came out, were going through a depressing time, and maybe The Last of Us helped them. I don't know, but I think generally hmm. speaking, the dread of that world is not just the fact that there are you know living zombie creatures walking around, but just the emotional roller coaster that that story in the first game at least tend to put you on, that for me personally is what I'm kind of fearful of the most. Because I don't know if maybe because of the the world that we're living in now, but also personal things that are going on. Like I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, be in this situation in the real world and then dive into it in a fictional one too on a like I said, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it remains to be seen. And of course, you know, a lot of people have raised concerns about whether or not the violence depicted thus far in The Last of Us Part Two will ultimately feel purposeful when the game finally releases, if it will feel like it was a necessary part of the experience and isn't just there to be torture porn. Right. But then again, like The Last of Us Part One certainly wasn't all just roses and daisies there was a lot of really gruesome stuff in that game as well and mm -hmm. people are pointing out that like it the last of us part two maybe only seems more gruesome or more torture porn-esque because our ability to depict violence has like graphically technologically improved over time yeah which is something definitely to consider all right well if you enjoyed listening to this episode be sure to subscribe to it on whatever podcast service you listen to and to follow us on Twitter at Gamers underscore. That's G-V-M-E-R-S underscore. To find out when new installments of our shows will be made available. You can follow yours truly on Twitter at Alex Kazina. And Brianna, you are on Twitter at PirateBL underscore R. Correct? Right. That is correct. All right. Well, see you next time.